Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, all Double G here from Fight Game Media. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our good friend and 100th Patreon subscriber, Lee Shalom. He is at Super Saya Jin Lee on Twitter. Who's going to be 101? Who's going to be 125? Who's going to be number 500? Hopefully it is one of you listening today. You can always subscribe. Just go to patreon.com front slash fight game media. Now onto the show. Hey everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Uh, February 1st, 2022, the year of our Lord. One day before my 51st birthday. Um, Ryan Frederick is here alongside me, Paul Fontaine. How you doing, Ryan? Oh, I'm doing good. Just, you know, just, you know, relaxing, you know, after yeah a really, a really trying weekend for you know for me personally i don't really want to get into get yeah into, yeah get into it just I, just no. uh just you know if just, you know you know if you know you know if you follow me on social media you know so just just yeah yeah just trying to tough. trying to just get through all this over the next few days so yeah that's that's all you can do i mean everyone handles things differently um i mean we had a a weekend off i mean to this weekend me have been you know a good weekend to actually have had something to do to take your mind off things but um i mean we had some shows we had the royal rumble which uh we you and i both watched and one of us liked it a little more than the other one um i had all the time in the world to watch a couple uh other mma shows and just completely slipped my mind <laughs> to do it so but we'll talk about those a little bit later um and uh, and yeah and we're you know we're back at it uh, i think you said last week when we when i asked you about this we have something like eight or ten weeks in a row coming up so yeah we have a, um we have a show we have a ufc every saturday until wrestlemania weekend oh wow okay so yeah that's uh nine weeks because uh, i know they did the countdown and it was 63 days so uh eight, yeah eight, but, uh, eight, you know what eight, eight uh, straight eight straight saturdays you don't include that ninth ninth one so right yeah yeah well it's nine weeks to wrestlemania so yeah. eight eight weeks of of uh shows um but uh you know instead of uh looking back at a show from this past you know ufc from this past weekend we thought it might be fun to look back at a couple shows that happened um i guess it would be today in history as we're recording but um yesterday as you're listening um and and the first one was uh ufc 94 which uh happened on uh this day in 2009 so 13 years ago and uh it was a really big show at the time uh gsp and uh bj penn yeah the mgm grand in vegas yeah i i you know what i don't think i ever ever actually watched this show live um I, I was picking and choosing at the time and I don't, you know, and maybe I did like a GSP fight. I probably would have watched. Yeah. You know, I must've, but 
I it's funny because there was a, was this the one with the controversy about GSP and oiling up and stuff, or was that the previous uh, fight? I think this was this was the one if I remember correctly. I think he'd be, okay. been accused okay. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But this was um, this GSP won uh, fourth round stoppage, um, corner stoppage, um, and he. You know, he retained his welterweight title. This was kind of the beginning of the end for BJ. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was 920,000 buys, uh, 14,000, almost 15,000 at MGM, uh, $4.3 million gate. Um, this was uh, this was a really, really big show and pretty much just a one fight show. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the undercard had a lot of interesting names on it, but I mean, this was... Uh, this 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 was like basically just the GSB and Penn show, and they had such a, a heated feud, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can count me as one of the you know fifteen thousand or so that was that was there for one, but but I remember just this was a rivalry. I mean, at the time, these were arguably the two best fighters in the UFC. You know, pound for pound, number one and number two. They had fought before, and GSP won a close split decision back at UFC fifty eight. Yeah, eight. Eight and I mean this just fight was just massive. It was the first time that you had the UFC primetime, primetime, which was, which if you oh. never saw the the UFC primetime building up this fight, it was honestly one of the best, best if not the best piece of television UFC has ever put together. Just absolutely incredible, and it got everybody interested in this fight. And it was just it was a great crowd, and it was a heated crowd, and. And, you know, St. Pierre went in there and just, you know, dominated the fight and just made BJ Penn, like, not look in his league. And this was really the fight that really cemented, like, GSP's the the best, the GOAT. I mean, it was, you know, mm-hmm. it was a great fight. And then, and then you had a bunch of undercard stuff, and the undercard was kind of memorable a little, bit, a little bit because you had a bunch of decisions to the point where Dana White, you know, almost was, you know, saying – Anybody who gets a finish gets a gets an automatic bonus, and then Leoto Machida knocked out Tiago Silva with a second to go in the first round. He had a finish earlier too with Carl Parisian finishing Dyong Hun Kim, but that wasn't really, you know, much of anything. And actually, yeah. Parisian failed a drug test afterwards, so you know he, you know, didn't really count. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, so um, they uh, and and sixty five thousand dollar bonuses. This is back when you know it was kind of random. Like you know, sometimes they'd give fifty, sometimes sixty five, sometimes a hundred. You know, it was just whatever Dana felt like giving out that night. Um, and uh, yeah, Le- Leota got the performance of the night, and then yeah. he, they gave out two fight of the nights. Yeah. Um, the one the notable thing too on this show was it was basically the show where everyone was kind of introduced to John Jones. Yeah, because it was his first uh, main card appearance, and back then the prelims weren't really televised. Um, so you know, mo- for most people, this would be the first time they would have ever seen him, and he got a unanimous decision over uh, Stefan Bonner um, on a main card fight. So that kind of told you that he was somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, it was only his second UFC fight, fight too. But uh, you know, he had a lot of hype coming into that, into that. And you know, Stefan Bonner was a huge superstar from the Ultimate Fight, Ultimate Fighter, and it had that one. That one spot during the fight where Jones landed that spinning elbow and Bonner went fat down face first. It's still kind of replayed to this day. It's just it's, this is really, you know, John Jones's, you know, introduction to the world and look where he is now, you know. And also, also, you know, you had Nate Diaz on the card too, you know, back whenever yeah. you know, he was 
still building up his popularity. Lost to Clay Guida, split decision. That was, a, but that was a big fight at the time because both of them were pretty, pretty big stars, you know. And obviously Diaz became a became a massive star afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying. I, I must have seen this, you know, because uh, you know Leoto too as well. You know, he was still undefeated at the time. You know, heading up. You know, eventually they, you know, they'd be on a collision course, Machida and Jones. You know, they we'd see them fight a couple of years later for the title, um, and uh, yeah, Dung Young Kim, and yeah, you mentioned already John Fitch. On the prelims, I mean, the prelims were, you know, like not loaded, loaded, but you know, there's some names on there. Uh, Jake O'Brien uh, for the time, you know, I when they forgot about for the for the time, it was pretty stacked because I mean, back in the day, back at that time, you probably only had about you know 250 guys on the roster. So yeah, for the time, it's pretty low. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you had just you had Fitch who yeah, had just come off the so that was... off the off the title fight loss to to GSP. So yeah, it was pretty. And and then a, a card that I definitely saw um, because I, I probably was actually covering uh, by this time and I may have even covered this one for the Observer was uh, UFC 183 uh, also in Vegas at the MGM Grand uh, Anderson Silva and uh, Nick Diaz and uh, this was I mean this was the last time we'd see Nick Diaz again until you know just recently um, Anderson Silva um, you know was kind of starting his downward uh trend was, but he ended up this was his first fight back this was his first fight back from the uh weidman leg break too right and then he got suspended after this right yeah for they, uh failing a drug test they both got suspended for failing a drug test yeah i mean it was it was funny because at the time it was you know like it was kind of a weird main event um you know we hadn't seen nick diaz in a few years even before this and you know silva was coming back so when they first made this fight you're just like what like really and you know and then everyone was like yeah we'll believe it when we see it and, and it happened and uh, i mean thank god because the rest of the card was i mean there there's a lot of names on this card but there were no pay-per-view headliners uh you know at the time i mean tyron woodley eventually became a champion and you know he and misha tate was you know on the card but i mean she was you know maybe you know a ways from being a pay-per-view headliner unless she's fighting ronda rousey um but uh yeah i mean and they had kind of a boring fight uh anderson silva okay so i what i remember about this fight was nick diaz you know obviously claimed he won uh i think the if i'm remembering right it was pretty much like 50 45 across the board but i feel like i might have scored it like 48 47 like i thought two of the rounds were were you know close enough that you could have given them to diaz and so i i was one of the few that actually thought it was closer than most people thought it was um but you know nick diaz was claiming he won and obviously it didn't matter because they both failed the drug test anyways but i mean um i mean the most memorable thing about this fight was the lasting image of nick diaz laying down in the middle of the octagon i mean that's a you know that's a that's you know yeah. a picture that's you know world fame world famous and you know one of the lasting images when you think of Nick D Nick D as a lot of people talk about remember that time when he fought Anderson Silva and they weren't doing anything and he just decided to lay down in the middle of the octagon to try to bait Silva it was just you know but it was it was de- I mean that's another show I was at and it was just it was kind of just one of these you know it was very 
heated inside the building and like like the people there they wanted to see this fight because i mean i mean nick diaz has a cult following and you wanted to see how anderson mm-hmm. silva looked looked and yeah yeah but uh, definitely one of the more uh, uh let's see polarizing fights in ufc history i'll put it that way <laughs> yeah um it did, did pretty good on pay-per-view six hundred fifty thousand buys you know for a non-title fight that's uh you know that's pretty good um for another four and a half million dollar gate and mgm the one notable thing i remember from this too was uh, and i mentioned misha tate earlier she was in the featured prelims and and they did 1.55 million viewers on fs1 which was a like a really strong number at that time and her fight did almost two million and that was kind of like maybe an indication that oh okay she's got a little bit of popularity on her own here because um that you know that was a lot more than what pay-per-view prelims were doing at the time and usually you could kind of judge okay if the pay-per-view if the prelims does this then you know they're going to do this many buys and this one kind of threw everything out of whack because you know with with uh you know 1.5 million people watching on the prelims you would have expected more than 650,000 it was for the main card so it was also super bowl weekend so usually you yeah. you know usually the you know people are looking for something to watch on so on Saturday night to get themselves ready for for the game on Sunday, and you know that was a time where Fox Sports One was still a relatively new network, yep. new network. So a lot of people were watching. It. It's not like it is today, where you know they the struggle for view, yeah. viewers. You know, yeah. you know, as time went on under the UFC contract, you know they started struggling for viewers. But another another memorable thing I remember from this card was a uh, Ally Quinta beating Joe Lozon, and then spending the rest of his post post fight night celebration destroying a hotel room in the MGM Grand that the UFC ended up having to pay for so that was just I remember like that story his, uh, Keith Kachuk moment um, remember Keith Kachuk did that in the Olympics years ago uh, after the US won the gold him and him and his buddies trashed a hotel room yeah um, I think we also was this was this the last fight of Uncle Creepy in UFC no. Uh, yeah, it was against John Lineker. What? Yeah. Well, I, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking. I at guess right I remember he had some other scheduled stuff, and that never. Like six. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had yeah a bunch of fights scheduled between 2015 and 2017, and then he fought Manel Cop in Ryzen and Kyoji Horiguchi uh, in uh, dr- uh, was that Ryzen as well? Bellator. No, Ryzen. Yeah, Ryzen. Uh, but yeah, he lost to John Lineker, um, 130 pound catch weight. Um, and then I'm looking, I see, um, Gaslam and Woodley in the co-main it's 180 pounds. So I'm assuming Gaslam missed weight. Yeah. That was the thing where Gaslam just, you know, didn't even come close, didn't even come close, missed weight by 10 pounds. And they almost called the fights off. And that was where, you know, and even, even in the, the McCall fight against Lineker, John Lineker missed weight by four, four pounds. He weighed at 130 for that one. That was, so yeah, that was when, that was a really bad way, way in. And you could tell, like looking at Gastelum that, that, you know, he was, Definitely missing and not shape, but he almost he almost pulled out a win over over Woodley in that fight. And uh, yeah, there's a big night for Brazilians on the card. Uh, we got Tiago Santos, Ildemar Alcantara, Rafael Natal, John Lineker, uh, Tiago Alves, Talis Leitis, and Anderson Silva all getting wins. So um, yeah, this almost like a Brazil card, uh, like this uh, one that's coming up in uh, in May. No, um, no, it's that, not. Uh, 
Remember that one got moved. No, <laughs> I'm saying, I know, I'm saying it's like a card that was meant for Brazil but ended up in the States. That's kind of what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, like you, you, we're probably going to end up with a bunch of Brazilians fighting on that card because it was supposed to originally be in Brazil. And, uh, and then, it, I get you know, like, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. So, yeah, that was our little look back in history. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, do a quick look because actually, I don't think either one of us saw the either one of the eagle or bellator shows although i guess you watched the main event of the bellator show yeah i watched the main event of the bellator show and i actually watched the last few fights of the eagle show the the rashad fight in the main event so uh brian bader retained uh or i guess unified the the uh, heavyweight title i beat uh valentin moldovsky who was the interim champion um benson henderson uh got a split decision in the co-main which uh i don't I, I definitely didn't see coming. I thought for sure uh, uh, Benson was going to get another loss because Mamadov's tough. But uh, how was the main event? I was reading your recap, and I was expecting you to just shit on it, and, and it was doesn't sound like it was that bad. Yeah, it was a so-so fight. It was, it was you know kind of a close close one. Came down to that fifth. However, you you score you score at a Moldovsky. He was on top a lot, but he didn't really do much. Whereas Bader was more active whenever he was in he was in the you know in control, and it just kind of just came down to that. Uh, I know a lot of it was kind of split in between media scores. I know there's some people who think that um, Moldovsky got robbed. If you think Moldovsky got robbed, I really need to introduce you to what an actual robbery in MMA was because this was not a robbery. This is just another example of one of those close fights that could have gone either either way. So I thought Bader won it 48-47. So, so yeah, you know, I didn't think it was that bad, that bad of, you know, it was not the most entertaining fight, but it's kind of what you had to expect from this, from this matchup. You know, that's two guys, two guys who aren't necessarily the most entertaining fighters in the world. Yeah, it's what you're describing is pretty much exactly what I was expecting and why I wasn't really going out of my way to watch this uh, fight. Um, yeah, and I can't imagine the Benson Henderson Mamadoff fight was any good. I'm sick and tired of watching Ben Henderson go to decisions like every time. This is um, this is his last fight on his Bellator contract, and both him and oh really Scott Co- both him and Scott Coker were sounding like he's not going to be back. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. You know, in the future. Yeah, I, I can't imagine UFC being interested in him at all. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he goes to Eagle FC. Yeah, or um, PFL. Or, you know, just just coaches. Yeah, PFL. I mean, they. Yeah, I. You know, they could use another high paid guy that doesn't win. Yeah. Um, he's thirty. <laughs> he's thirty eight. He's had forty career fights. I mean, you know, it's just he's he's yeah. you know definitely getting near the end for sure. When when he moved to Bellator, like I, I remember, I actually wrote an article for uh, F4W about it, and I predicted that it wasn't going to go well. Um, so you know, I call call me a clairvoyant for once in my life. Um, and then uh, yeah, and the the yeah, not much else. I mean, you know, there are a bunch of prelims, a bunch of names. Dalton Rasta won the uh, the guy we talked about last week beat the Rock uh, in a, in a prelim fight. So that's the guy from, uh, American top team, uh, that we've seen in AEW. Um, so you saw the top two fights on the Eagle FC card and, uh, freaking Sergey Karatanov. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, it was, 
I mean, Tyrone, <laughs> like I said, Tyrone Spong hadn't fought in MMA in you know almost nine years, and was only ten years. Two, yeah. yeah, two and oh, two and oh, and Caratana, you know, despite Spong's, you know, kickboxing and boxing background, but Caratana was thirty three and nine going in that fight. I mean, I mean, it kind of lasted a little bit longer than I thought it would. Would not overly exciting, but. Karatanov, you know, got the finish in the second round, just a big old ground to bound from the top. And Rashad uh, gets a win over Gabriel Checo in the co-main. Yeah. You know, Rashad for his age and being off as long as as long as he was, I mean, he looked good. I mean, he's not you know, he's not gonna obviously he's helps you know, that he's Helps that he's fighting uh, Gabriel Checo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean well, well, I kind of like, I don't know what you really expect from from him, you know, you know, at his age and being out out of action that long, out of action that long. So it's like, so I mean, you know, yeah, I was looking up some stuff. I mean, when he last won, it was his first win since November, November uh, twenty thirteen. So when he last won. Jeez. One, uh, the UFC heavyweight champion was Cain Velasquez. The UFC light heavyweight champion was John Jones. The middleweight champion was Chris Weidman. The welterweight champion was George St. Pierre because he fought on that on that show where St. Pierre beat Johnny Hendricks. That was when he last won when he beat Chael Sonnen. The lightweight champion was Anthony Pettis. The featherweight champion was Jose Aldo. The bantamweight champion was Don, uh, was a uh, uh, Dominic Cruz and Hen and Brow was was you know they both had and Hen and Brow had a had a uh, interim title at the time. The flyweight champion was Demetrius Johnson. The women's bantamweight champion was Ronda Rousey, and the three other women's divisions didn't even exist in the UFC. At the, the last time Rashad Evans won a fight, well, and last well, last time Rashad shot, like. Like you know, last time Rashad Evans won a fight, won a fight. Conor McGregor, Max Holloway, they were all prelim fighters. Like you know, in the UFC, a bunch. Had Conor even debuted yet? He was two and he he was two and He had just beat Max Holloway, okay. Max Holloway. But yeah, and Ronda had only fought once in the UFC at that point. No, she had fought she, like time. just her debut. I, she I don't fought. think so. She debuted in 2013, and wasn't her second fight against Misha in December? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she'd only fought once. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's that's a long time. Yeah, so, I <laughs> lots mean, happened since. I just then. Uh, yeah. I thought I was like looking all that up. I go, like, you know, kind of yeah, like, like this is what MMA was like when Rashad Evans last won a fight. And it's just like, just like man, how how the times have changed. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the two Russian guys that we talked about both got wins uh, on the main card: uh, Ramond Megamedelyev and Ramazan Kormagomedov. Um, and uh, Ray Borg uh, won over Cody Gibson in a battle of former UFC fighters. So, what was the like? Wh- how did it look? Like, what what was the presentation like? The presentation, the production was really, really nice, really smooth. Kind of, you know. Probably yeah. more on like you know, kind of like what you'd see out of out of like a PFL PFL you know kind of okay kind of thing. I mean, it's not the heavy duty production that a UFC UFC has. No, but and they had a lot of commentators and there was a lot of speaking over each other. But Chael Sonnen was really good, basically serving as the lead announcer. And Henry Cejudo has some potential to be to be oh. kind of a good color commentator. And I'll kind of get into more some more Cejudo news later. But uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I mean, so, as far as the show, so I do, 
show it was Kale Sonnen and uh and 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 Henry Cejudo was interesting I, you yeah, know if Felicia, I knew that and Felicia Spencer and there was a fourth oh. person who was basically like the lead the you know lead guy I think Cyrus Fees was his name kind of like okay but yeah like those like yeah Chael and uh, Henry Cejudo like if I'd known that they were on this card like i probably would have actually gone out of my way to watch it yeah well you know what actually i shouldn't say that i hate chael sonnen as a commentator um normally like when he was in P- uh, world series and i guess pfl um he was really bad um like it sounds like he was better here so that's good but henry sudo i'd have been interested in he had a he had a lot of, you know he had a lot of funny lines especially talking about okay uh, himself be <laughs> being a former steroid abuser and all that so <laughs> so you <laughs> know where he's clearly making fun of himself you know a lot of stuff well that's all right yeah, that's all right. Well, I guess they got some future, and I think they got another card coming up in March. March. That's uh, when they were room. We were yep. going to see Diego Sanchez and uh, Kevin Lee. Yeah, I think yeah. was the rumor at one point. Yeah, that's no, that's not the rumor. It's it's officially even had it had a press conference for it over the weekend about about it and all that. So I think there's a few other. That's a fight. That's fighters a bad idea for Diego. Yeah, that's a bad idea. But you know whatever. Uh, yeah. You can take the you can take the UFC out of the guy, but you can't take the guy out of fighting. Um, yeah. So that was the Eagle FC, um, and then we got a card coming up. And I, I got to tell you, man, uh, when you know you sent me the rundown and and you said okay, UFC on ESPN fifty eight preview, and and I like to like UFC on ESPN plus fifty eight, and I'm like okay, I want to pull up the card here. And you, usually, if I do a Google of ESPN. UFC on ESPN plus 58, it's not going to come up. It'll give me like UFC 58 or something. And so I'm like, okay, what's the main event of this card? And I I had no idea. If you had offered me a hundred bucks and said, tell me what the main event of Saturday's UFC is, I had no idea. Not a clue. Um, and I do an MMA podcast. So I don't know. I think that, I don't know if that says what that says about me or UFC, probably more me. Um, but it's uh, Jack Hermanson and Sean that's, Strickland. That's why I'm here because I can pull everything off the, I know. off the top of my head. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, Jack Hermanson and Sean, and Sean Strickland in the, uh, and, and we talked about this fight when it was made and Sean Strickland in a UFC main event. Uh, God, I hope he doesn't win. Um, I, I don't really need to see that post fight, post fight, uh, uh, press conference or, or, uh, interview or whatever he's going to do. Um, but this card, um, this card is weird because like, there's like the main card is there's like nobody on this card, um, outside of that main event. And that main event is barely a main event. But then like on the prelims, there's a lot of like, uh, names on the prelims, you know, like the sexy Mexi and juicy J and Hakeem Dawadu and Alexis Davis. Like, you know, there's some names on these prelims, but this main card is like, wow. Like, I know Trishon Gore because I watch The Ultimate Fighter, but nobody else does. Um, Sam Alvey, I mean, God, I can't believe he's still getting fights. But outside of that, I mean, this this co-main event, um, Punahale Soriano and Nick Maximoff, like, a couple interesting prospects. But this is the kind of fight you usually see on, like, the second fight on the card. Um, what's going on here? Am I off? No, it's just... 
running 42 events a year and having a stretch of of eight straight weeks of cards and something like like you know like something like 28 events in 32 weeks you know you're gonna you know you got a lot of fighters and you know some you know some cards are not going to be as great as others we see this quite a quite often hell we're having a show in april headlined by jessica and drives against amanda limos i mean we're gonna get cards like this this every once in a really? while in this yeah oh we're gonna get God. cards like this every once in a while <laughs> once in a while but we but the main event is really really good and and you know especially yeah, yeah. Yeah. especially considering that you got the big middleweight title fight coming up next week and then you got the middleweight number one contender fight also on that card but you know if the winner here comes out unscathed and something happens you know they could easily find themselves fighting for the title next so yeah very big main event between jack ranson and sean strickland and much like you uh nothing against sean strickland uh personally and as a fighter as a fighter he's very good but as you know as he's been talking more and showing more of his personality it's not he's he's not somebody that the ufc should want want to be trying to market because that could backfire big time on a, on them and and i mean he could he easily could win he's coming in yeah. having won five in a row um and and actually hermanson has he's only he's lost two of his last four so but i mean they were to uh, marvin vittori and jared cannonier so you know like you know good losses but um this is uh this is a real test and it's the biggest fight for deshaun strickland and probably maybe the most important fight for hermanson yeah um is this is this the first main event for both of them no, uh, Sean Strickland. It's his second oh, main second main event because he when he fought right, Uriah yeah, Hall. Yeah, Vittori. Well, no, when he Strickland when he fought Uriah Hall, that was the main event, and this is Hermanson's oh. third main third main event because both. Okay. The, no, it's his uh, it's fourth man fourth, fourth because he fought Jacare, yeah, Jacare, and then Cannoneer and then Vittori. Those are his main events. So okay. these guys have been headliners yeah, so before. So, so you know, yeah, I guess yeah, it's a it's a decent main event. Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, but Punaheli Soriano and Nick Maximov, God bless them, but two, that is not a co-main event. Two, I mean, it's two, <laughs> two prospects. Soriano, Soriano's got, you know, both of these guys have a lot of potential, and Soriano's from the Extreme Couture, Maximov from the Diaz brothers. Brothers, Soriano likes to keep it on the feet. Maximov is great on the ground. You know, that's an interesting fight. You got a swelterweight fight between Shafka and Rachmanov, you know, 14-0. and 0. And Carlson Harris, that's a solid matchup right right there as well. Yeah. I you know, I yeah, I don't I mean I'm looking at this card. I don't know what I would what I would put in the co main event side. I guess that one was as good as anything else. I mean, you know, I I'm kinda looking at Miles Johns and John Castaneda on the prelims and thinking that, you know, that's a pretty good fight. Um and of course we got Sam Alvey and Phil Hawes. I mean, you know, that could be a co main event. Sam Alvey's no, keeping in that position before. Sorry, keep Sam Alvey away from a co main co main event. The guy has lost hasn't won in it doesn't his last matter. seven fights. I mean, I mean, he's I mean, lucky, you know, lucky he's to gonna be, be on the card. He's probably, I mean, honestly, he might be the biggest name on this whole card. Uh, Sam Alvey, like nah. the, that, an average person's gonna recognize. Yeah, you know, Herman um, Herman is the biggest name on the card. Yes, it's close. 
it's close. Like, cause I mean, Sam Alley's been around forever and, you know, he's got the hot wife and he's got the cool music and the gimmick. And, uh, yeah, so I, you know, but I mean, he sucks, <laughs> you know, and hopefully Phil Hawes knocks him out, but probably what's going to happen is they're just going to dance around for 15 minutes and throw like nine punches and, uh, Alvi will complain about losing a split decision again Me. or a unanimous decision. This this card is a lot like that that uh, first one we had of the year with the the Calvin Cater against Chika Chikadze at a really strong main event and not a bunch like on the prelims, but that ended up being a good show. And I kind of yep. have this feeling that this one a real good show. Yeah, and I have a feeling this one's going to end up you know kind of very similar you know to that one. Well, uh, the one that I think is going to be really good is Brian Battle and Trishan Gore. Like I like I said, I saw Trishan Gore in the Ultimate Fighter. He's three and zero. Uh, you know, very young in his career, but he's got charisma. He's got a great backstory. I don't know if they're going to get a chance to tell it on the show, uh, but um, it's something to go out of your way to look up. I'm sure you can get YouTube clips of it and stuff. And he, uh, you know, kind of fighting for his family kind of deal. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of a, uh, you know, a, just a hardworking fighter, you know, like that, you know, it's got a great story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the guy that I always like another ultimate fighter alum, juicy J Julian Arosa and Steven Peterson, uh, also on the main card at featherweight. Um, I, you know, Ju Julian Arosa, you know, he's coming off a big kind of an upset win in his last fight, if I'm remembering right against Charles Jordan. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's actually on a pretty good role. Uh, you know, he's won four of his last five, uh, including one outside of UFC. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a, I, like I said, I'm just looking at this card and like, once you get past the main card, then you get into the prelims and it's just kind of the same, you know, and I guess this card is all going to be on ESPN plus anyways. So it doesn't really matter what's prelims and what's not, but, um, and this is an afternoon show, right? It starts at, uh, 4 PM Eastern. So yeah. three o'clock our time. Yeah. So that's the, that's the prelims, right? So the main card yeah. is what? Seven, 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 seven Eastern time. Okay. Um, and then, yeah. What do, what do you tell us about these prelim fights, well, which again, for, I mean, might as well be main card. Yeah. Well, first off, or, you want to say about, something about the other two main card fights. I mean, if you remember Trayshawn sure. Gore and Brian battle, that was, that was originally supposed to be, be the finals of the ultimate fighter middleweight. Yep middleweight tournament so so yeah. i actually i actually feel like now we're gonna even though brian battle won it and got this got the six-figure contract i think now is gonna be now it's like okay this is the real winner of the ultimate fi fighter you know you know season yeah what 29 middleweight and then yeah i, I really uh arosa peterson might be like you know, it's a top three, top three or four fight or matchup for me on this card. Card, I mean, Arosa is this is his third UFC stand, and it's the best best he's been in the UFC so far. And then Peterson, Peterson needs to be more active, but he's won two in a row, and he's coming off that win over Chase Hooper last year. Last year, so he's got a little bit of momentum yep. coming in. So, but uh, as far as the prelims, uh, we kick it off with a flyweight fight, uh, Malcolm Gordon against Dennis Bondar. Uh, Bondar is making his UFC debut, and uh, Malcolm Gordon's coming off his first UFC win. Yeah, it's, you know, lower level flyweights trying to break into the rankings. Oh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a light heavyweight fight, Shelton Almeida making his UFC debut against Danilo Marquez. Almeida was one of the more impressive uh, signings from the for Dana White's contender series. He had an impressive performance on that show. And uh, Marquez, 
has shown to be a solid fighter. You know, he's not, you know, he's not near anywhere near rankings. You know, it's a great, it's a great test for Almeida in his for in his uh, debut. Uh, we got a bantamweight fight, women's bantamweight fight, Alexis Davis against Julia Stoliarenko. Uh, I think that this is a. You know, one of those loser leaves town kind of fights. Davis is yeah. a, is a is a former title challenger, but she's just one and four in her last in her last uh, five UFC her last five fights, and uh, Stoliarenko has yet to win in the in a uh, three UFC fights. So, so yeah, this is kind of you know an important fight for both of them. Uh, you got a welterweight fight, Jason Witt against Philip Rowe. You know, they're they're mid to lower level welterweights. Both of them looking for for I think I think both of them won their last fights looking for their second straight wins. So so Witt had a very entertaining fight with Brian Barberina in his last fight, and he's he has shown to be a pretty decent decently entertaining fighter. So that one might be a little little might be pretty good. Uh, got a middleweight fight, uh, Chidi Njokawani, 33 years old, veteran of 28 fights, has been fighting since February or since uh, November 20 or 2007. Finally making it to the UFC after being signed against off of a uh, Dana White's Contender Series, fighting Mark Andre Barriot, who technically has won three straight, but officially has only won two straight. But you know he's he's on a solid win streak, and Njokawani looked good on. The contender series, uh, you know, both these guys, you know, middle middle of the level middleweights, both of them have potential to break into that into that you know upper echelon. But yeah, that should be a good fight. Uh, you got a featherweight fight, Hakeem Dawadu against Michael Trezano. Dawadu is coming off the loss to Mavzar Ivloyev, where he was just basically, as they say, wrestle fucked for the for the uh, yeah for the fight. I mean, it ended his five fight win streak. He was ranked at the time. He's looking to get back in the rankings. Uh, Trezano, uh, former Ultimate Fighter winner, he's looking for his second straight win. You know, that's a pretty good matchup. And you got a capping off the prelims with the bantamweight fight. Miles Johns against John Castaneda. Uh, John's tons of potential. Potential. Sexy He's, yeah. John's tons of potential. He's looked really good. He's three and one in the UFC. See, he's coming off two straight knockout wins, two straight performance bonuses. Uh, he's got potential. I mean, bantamweight stack, but he's got potential to to you know make a run towards the rankings and possibly towards title contention. He's really good. Castaneda. He, I don't know that he'll ever sniff UFC rankings, but he's a solid veteran who's going to be like. Going to give your young guys, you know, your young prospects like John's a tough fight. So this is a good matchup for John, for John's to see, you know, if he's ready to step up into that next level of, of bantamweights. So, yeah, solid prelims, in my opinion, you know, even though it's lacking on what you call names. But that's what the UFC is this day. Not a whole lot of names, you know. Well, that's, I, I think actually in terms of the prelims, like there, there's actually some good names on these prelims. It's just it's kind of like there's not much to differentiate the main card fights from the prelims. There's just kind of a bunch of like names that if you watch every week, you, you probably know them. But if you're a casual fan, you know, you know, like four fighters on this whole card. Um, the uh, couple things I just wanted to mention, uh, a lot of Canadians on the uh, prelims. We got Malcolm Gordon, Alexis Davis, uh, Marc-Andre Berrio, Hakeem Dawadu, um, all represent the Great White North. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in, uh, you know, may finally making 
his UFC debut. We we talked about him when he was on the Contender Series that, you know, like you were surprised that they didn't just sign him and they made him go through the Contender Series. Um, he's been in the main event of Bellator like a couple times. He's got big wins in his career. Melvin Gillard, Ricky Rainey, Max Griffin. Alan um, Joban. Bobby Cooper. Alan, Alan Joban. Jo- yeah. yeah. Chris Kennedy. Yeah, like, you know, these are like big names and, and he's been fighting forever and he's finally getting into UFC. So good for him. Um, but he's got a tough, tough fight with uh, Marc-Andre Berrio. Um, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, they, they didn't make it easy for him. Um, and yeah, I just uh, I, for me that Miles Johns and John Castaneda, like you talked about, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, Julian Arosa and Steven Peterson is like maybe your second or third best fight in the card. To me, it's Johns and Castaneda. Like that's the one I'm looking forward to, um, you know, outside the main event, probably maybe second. Um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of Castaneda and uh, Miles Johns is a great prospect. I'm going to throw a few bucks on Castaneda. I'm a. Uh, I'm I'm free rolling a bit. Uh, for those that don't know, I uh, I bet on Ronda Rousey to win the Royal Rumble, and I won a thousand bucks. So I'm yeah. I'm in a good mood this week. Yeah, for for those of you who don't don't know, we as you know, I guess we can call friends of Dave and all and all that. We we knew before the story got out that Ronda was going to be in the rumble and and you know those of us who had betting opportunities took the took the you know we knew what was going to happen we knew when once he told us that she was in the rumble we knew exactly what was going to happen she was going to win the rumble so those of us who had the ability to took advantage of our inside knowledge before it got before the story got out got out made some bets because once that story went out those those odds, you know, quickly. She, I mean, she got taken off the board right away once the story yeah, came out, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And we and we yeah, all got so our, what happened was and we all got our bets in before was, the story came out. So, so because we knew. Yeah. So, so, so what happened was Monday, I think it was when the story came out that she was going to be in the rumble, or, or when we got word. So immediately, I checked, I checked the sites, and it was still twenty five to one. And I'm like, oh my god! So I put ten dollars on. At, at 25 to one. And then I looked and I realized I had a $30 free bet from my last deposit. And I'm like, they probably won't let me do a free bet on, on the Royal rumble, but I'll try. And then I did it. And sure enough, it accepted my bet. So I bet zero, you know, a $30 free bet to win 750 and my picks are locked an hour later. I think you asked me what, what are the odds now? And then I go to check and, and they're gone. Like they're not even taking bets anymore. Next day they're back and it's Rhonda's 10 to 1 now. And uh, and then I checked the next day and she was 5 to 1. And so that's Wednesday. And by Friday, she was a favorite. She was basically 2 to 5. Yeah. So you're betting, you bet $10 to win like 250. Yeah. And, uh, or something like that, or four bucks maybe. And, it, and yeah. And, and, and if you remember, remember how I asked what the odds about Rome for Roman Reigns were? And y'all said yeah. it was, they were pretty. They were, you know, they weren't the best. And I was like, I was like, eh, eh, never mind then, because I knew what the finish of the rumble was. It was just a matter of whether it was going to be Reigns or Lesnar. But I mean, you, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I'll put it this way. I didn't know that finish, you know, inside, but you could see it coming from a mile away. Like, yeah, like one of them was, there was lose. no, there, there was, was no, no other winner. No, there was no logical yeah. explanation. You got to get to the story is like, like whoever loses their title is going to be number 30 and win the rumble. I, you know, and I thought they were going to hold off on the, on the, you know, 
Heyman turning on Lesnar for Mania, but you know, they did it this time. So I got um somebody, a mutual friend of ours, told me that he was talking to somebody inside WWE and that a very high profile person in the company was pushing for Omos to win the Royal Wumble. And he said, you know, check what are the odds on Omos? And I've told him like 18 to 1. And he's like, throw some money on Omos, because it could happen. Like he said, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but it could happen. And so I did and and he didn't win. But I, you know, I figured it was not a bad bet. I bet I bet twenty bucks. So um, you know, didn't win. But if it would have won, that would have been a nice, nice little payoff. I would have won three hundred and sixty. So but yeah, that was uh, that was my weekend. So I was in a real good mood. I was cheering for Ronda. Actually, yeah, you know, speaking, we're on an MMA show. I mean, you know, two UFC fighters uh, getting the two Royal Rumble wins: Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. It sh- so. shows you who who they think the real stars are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Lashley is uh, won the title, and he's a former MMA fighter as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, who do you let's think? Th- let's no th- no offense to those Brock Lesnar people who say who say, well, he he wrestled before he fought. He became a gigantic superstar in the UFC. Yes. He was not a big star when he left when he left WWE. He was not like he is now. He is now. So it, anybody who wants to argue. Brock Lesnar's gigantic superstardom came from the UFC. That's in the story. Absolutely. So here's a question for you, and, and yeah. I'm, t- I'm putting you on the spot. So if you don't have an answer for me, that's fine. Okay. Who do you think at their peak? So both guys at their peak. Who is a better MMA fighter? And I know one. I, I you know Brock was the UFC champion, but the UFC was not what it was. You know, a few years later, but Bobby Lashley was. You know. Uh, 17 and two, I think in 15 and two in, uh, MMA, who was a better, uh, MMA fighter at their peak? I want to say Brock because his level of competition, even, you know, no matter what you want to talk about the UFC heavyweight division at the time, it was, it was strong and it was definitely better than any other heavyweight division division there was. And if you look at who he fought against, who Bobby Lashley fought, fought, you know, True. you know, it's definitely Lesnar. Yeah. I will say we, everybody who is a fan of Brock Lesnar, he was robbed of the prime of his MMA career from the diverticulitis. If he never had to deal with Absolutely. that, deal with that, I have... You know, he possibly never would have went back to wrestling if he never because because I mean he was gonna get beat and but I think the, I said it at the time and I still believe it to the to this day for at that time that at that time the only guy who was gonna beat him was Cain Velasquez and I mean obviously Velasquez 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 beat beat him I mean Overeem beat him but Overeem was on all kinds of steroids in that fight and that <laughs> fight was also also Brock with diverticulitis and just you know he hated taking a punch but you weren't going to be able to beat him beat him with the wrestling the only person who could beat him with the wrestling was was Kane so I mean just yeah. just and he was going to be able to take down anybody at heavyweight at that time except for Kane for Kane but I mean I mean, you know, no matter what you want to say about Cain Velasquez, he was the most talented heavyweight heavyweight fighter I've ever seen. You know, just you know the yeah. the the training like, bat the training battles caught up to him, caught up to him, and get knocked out while training ca- caught up to him, caught up to him. But uh, yeah, but uh, I think Lesnar had you know was the better fighter overall. But Lashley was. I, I think there's like some missed opportunities there that Lashley could have, could have been, could have had a better um, 
you know, he, he, there was some big fights down the road for him that he never got to because he went back to wrestling, and it's too bad, uh, Bob, you know. But but he's he's doing just fine now in pro wrestling. So. Yeah, Bobby Lashley was both helped and hurt by the by the typical Scott Coker booking. But yeah, so yeah. so you know they, you know they wanted to you know, you know keep it you know. Yeah, you know how they how they take time with people, yep. you know, like we see with Aaron Pico. Usually, Aaron Pico, yeah, except they, for Aaron Pico. <laughs> I mean, even so, they tried to take you know keep Aaron Pico, you know, bring him along along slowly. And I mean, if you look at if you look at at a uh, Lashley's MMA record, what's his biggest win in his career? James Thompson. I mean, you know, that's yeah. Yeah. Whereas Brock beat Frank Mir, he beat Shane Carwin, Carwin, he beat Heath Herring, he beat Randy Couture. I mean, you know, I mean, True. Yeah. the three biggest wins on, on Lashley's record are James Thompson, Wes Sims and Bob Sapp. I mean, you know, so, so really can't get Bob Sapp. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, just yeah. based on level of competition and what they achieved this for sure. Lesnar. All right, cool. Um, so that's uh, that's the UFC on ESPN Plus 58. That'll be on ESPN Plus on Saturday afternoon uh, going into the evening. Um, and uh, so that's going to bring us to our We Have to Talk About segment. And we have to talk about uh, who do we got to talk about? Uh, for this segment this week, I uh, chose for for this week, we have to talk about uh, Jeremy Stevens, you know, longtime UFC veteran who's been around, who had been around the UFC since 2007, had 34 fights, and he's no longer with the UFC, signed with PFL. You know, that's kind of a, yeah, yeah, it's kind of news came out this past week that that you know his UFC contract actually ended with his last fight and they opted to not re-sign him and PFL signed him and he's going to be in their upcoming lightweight tournament and uh Jeremy Stevens is most famously known lightweight at, eh yeah light, as lightweight yeah he's been fighting he moved back he went down to featherweight for a little bit but he moved back up to lightweight for his last few UFC fights fights so he was back at well, he lightweight fought, uh what he fought he fought Gamrod at lightweight but yeah. he fought um Qatar Rodriguez that oh yeah yeah Jose Aldo UFC fight yeah, yeah. he hasn't but, uh, won in four years I'm surprised yeah, at that I mean, but I mean he's got the fourth most all-time UFC fights at 34 but he was only 15 and 18 with one no contest yeah contest in there so I mean you know he had a very you know he he was a fight main events, you know, lots of high profile fights, probably most famous, you know, for being known as, as the, who the fuck is that guy reference, but from Conor yep. McGregor at that press conference. And, and, you know, much like, you know, <laughs> much like he embarrassed himself that day saying, saying that, you know, he'd be the one to knock Conor McGregor out today. He was on Ariel Helwani's uh, show and said that, that the boxing fight that everybody wants to see is Jeremy Stevens against Jake Paul, which I don't think anybody's wanting oh, to see that, see that fight. So Jake but, Paul, isn't he like 40 pounds heavier than Stevens? Jake Paul's fight. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Stevens, maybe without cutting weight, maybe he, he walks around at 180. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, and Jake Paul's, yeah, I guess he's maybe like 190. Yeah. Um, but, it, but yeah, that's it's uh, kind of, it's kind of a, you know, kind of a well-known name who'd been around the UFC yep. for a long time. Who's, you know, moving on. So, so yeah, I mean, just yeah, kind of, 
big name like I, I i you know and i guess that's pretty much the biggest uh signing that they've done this year i mean they did all those big signings last year with you know uh fabricio Verdum and roy mcdonald and um uh, anthony pettis, pettis. yeah uh, yeah um I, well i guess they've also got julia bud would be their other big name that they're bringing in this year um and then it looks like probably kayla harrison going back so um yeah i mean yeah. they'll probably bring it they'll probably bring in more now especially since they they re-upped their yeah know, they just e- got they got the new deal with espn probably making i mean i can't say for sure and terms aren't disclosed but they're probably making making slightly more money than they were from a tv deal yeah. than beforehand considering that the fact that you know they're putting them on espn and espn2 a little bit more this year so you know yeah they got seven events they're getting on espn they said in their press release um, so it's funny cause we talked about that last week and then, you know, we were wondering, are they, do they even have a deal? Cause all they were talking about was that FUBU or whatever it is, but, um, they, they, they announced the next day, uh, you know, after we recorded that, uh, that they've got the deal with ESPN. And of course they're the number two, uh, MMA company in the world, as is everyone that's not UFC. Um, Bellator, Combat the Americas. I saw kind of, uh, Campbell McLaren was just going nuts on Twitter this week, uh, arguing with people about how important his company oh, what, is. What else is um, new? Yeah, here's a clue. If you're arguing with no with uh, eggs on Twitter, you're probably not as important as you think you are. Um, so uh, yeah, um, this is yeah. This so I mean that's good news for them. Uh, you know, and they'll have you know obviously another million dollar tournament. I hopefully this year is a little more organized than last year. It seemed kind of a little haphazard, and you know with with COVID and everything, like they kind of tried to bunch all those fights together and they had guys like out of the tournament that ended up in the finals and um it, it was a little little off but i will um, yeah i will say if they're gonna have more shows on espn they really need to figure out how to have less downtime in between yes fights. yes in between yes, fights because yes. i think that's one thing that if they have more events on you on a ESPN and they're having things where it's like 30 minutes between fights, it, they're, they're going to lose viewers. People are not going to sit, sit no. around, you know, watching 30 minutes of talking, waiting for the next fight to start, next fight to start, you know, you know, constantly, well, constantly. It happens every once in a while, once in a while on a UFC where there's long talking periods, but that's always because of quick finishes. But even, but even watching these PFL shows, like they'd have a fight, go to a decision and then they spend the next 20, 25 minutes talking, talking before they got to the next fight. I mean, that shouldn't happen ever. It's like Bellator on DAZN. Um, yeah. I, I was, uh, I, there was at least twice last year where I, I recorded the show and watched it later. And I always go like, I always record for an extra hour and I missed the end of two different shows even recording an extra hour. That's how long these shows were going. Like, so they're scheduled for like a two and a half hour window. I record for three and a half and they don't get it in under three and a half hours for six fights. That's, that should not happen. <laughs> I mean, so, if you, um, if yeah. You, if the UFC can get in 13 fights in a six hour window, window, there's no, yeah. there's no excuse for anybody else. Sorry. There's, you know, no, exactly. 
no you're right you're right um all right so yeah that was uh that was gonna be one of our news items anyways so kind of um transition into that um but the big the big news from this week i think uh was uh, you know we talked last week about you know with the um masvidal covington fight being made and they were being rumored to be the tough coaches uh we got two new coaches this week and i didn't even realize it until uh you know i saw your news run down uh, i didn't even see this announcement i somehow missed it it wasn't it hasn't been announced well uh, let me oh there you go First so, of all, it hasn't been been announced, but the front runners are Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez as the coaches. So two weeks from now, we can see a tweet from uh, one of our friends. Uh, credit Air, Ariel, but Ariel, Hawani, got it here Air, Ariel Hawani reported it first. Oh, I'll, did he? Okay. That, way, okay. so. that was out yeah. on his show today. It was. Uh, it was. He. He is in his Substack column that he writes okay you know it was like wednesday or something or tuesday last tuesday something okay like that. okay something like that so, so so juliana pena and amanda nunez so this would be probably uh uh you know leading to a rematch obviously right yeah summer summertime because i think they're supposed to start filming uh you know mid to in, mid to late february or possibly early march is when they're supposed to start start fighting i mean or start filming so So I have been very um, vocal about my uh, my love for uh, Juliana Pena. I was about to Um, ask you about this. And and, (laughs) well, I'll tell you, like this interests me because I think the way they edit, like she's going to come off looking like so bad on this show, and I think I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to come out of this being a really big fan of Amanda Nunez, I, which I already am. But uh, and I assume that, you know, we're going to see a lot of Misha Tate, uh, you know, probably helping uh, Juliana's team. Well, and, maybe, you know, we'll get some Nina and may, uh, maybe, maybe not on Misha Tate since she's doing the doing Big Brother. So celebrity oh, right. big brother, right. yeah. So that's going on right when now. When is that? I, I, okay. Well, I don't that's... watch. I don't watch Big Brother. I don't know anything about it. Me neither. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. How they film, when they film, if it's live or I don't know. No, kind of weird that to me it's kind of weird that she's doing Big Brother when she's supposed to be fighting in May. May. So hopefully maybe it's just only taking her out of training for a month or something. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know the deal, deal about Big Brother. Well, I, so. I'm pretty sure they do it live because they have that Big Brother After Dark that you can sign up for and watch like all night and stuff. Well, they, yeah. if you're in like other countries besides the U.S., you can actually like see like skin and stuff, but you don't get that here um i totally sign up for that misha tate but uh this is not happening in, this is in, celebrity big brother though that's kind of stuff you know, i know it's not happening a lot of these people yeah, were married and stuff you know does it yeah yeah i know yeah i know um and uh and then yeah Oliver and geishi headlining ufc 274 we talked about that last week right well we talked about the poten- potential of you know it possibly happening, but uh, it was made official because because when we did our show last week, the May seventh show was still supposed to take place in Brazil, and they, we were talking about whether or not they would do that fight in Brazil. And now the show is not going to be in Brazil, so they went ahead and added it to the card. I think, I think honestly, I think when they moved the show from Brazil, I think COVID had something to do with it, and I think honestly. Okay them booking this fight on that card i told you i was telling you i go like it's just yeah if i was them i would not want that fight i'd want that fight in the u.s because it you know because of you know being able to get media there i wouldn't want to do that fight in brazil and 
And, you know, they're, they're doing it somewhere in the U.S. I don't know where. I don't know where. I haven't heard anything. Could be. I wonder if they go to Brooklyn with that because the April show was originally talked about for Brooklyn. Brooklyn before they moved it to Jacksonville. So maybe they go to Brooklyn for it, you know, but or maybe they come. When's to, the last time they ran Chicago? Uh, uh, June, it's June. been a while, right? Yeah, it's been before the pandemic. I, you know, I was yeah. I was looking on a more personal level, you know. You know, da- <laughs> da- American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas is open and yeah. they don't have to worry about restrictions like they would in, you know, for fighters, you know, like they would in New York or Chicago or anything like that. That's probably so, a, a factor. So, yeah. So, you know, who, who knows? But, yeah, I mean, you got Oliver and Gaethje and then Glover against Prochaska. Those are two. Those are two big fights on a, on that card. That's that. Yeah, that card should be really good. It should be really anticipated when it comes. We should get a should get an announcement in that sometime in the next couple of weeks, I would think, because they're going to want to sell tickets soon. So, um, and then some fight announcements. And uh, well, uh, I, wanna, I I'm looking I wanna at go, I want to okay. go over a few more news news things before we go over okay. the fight announcements. Uh, uh, first off, uh, you know, we were talking about Yuri Prochaska. He's, uh, he's coming to America to work with fight ready camp you know, to prepare for Glover Teixeira with his main focus being on, on training his wrestling, which, uh, yeah, you go to the fight ready camp. I mean, you got Henry Cejudo there and now you got John Jones there and those are the two guys he's going to be training with. So, so, I mean, you know, <laughs> Prochaska is very good in his striking and if he can improve his wrestling holy crap I mean he's gonna be yeah he's you know you, you know how high I am on that guy already any, oh yeah anyway anyway so but you know yeah, but and, uh, speaking of Cejudo I don't know that this is a, this is true or not but uh, Chel Sonnen is uh, saying that Cejudo's back in the USADA testing pool which would oh. which if it's true means he's looking at coming back, you know, you know, because yeah, if you retire, if you pull yourself out of the USADA pool, you got to be back in, back in it for six months before you can fight. And and to put yourself back in it, you know, means, means you're planning on fighting. So that's, that's an interesting thing. I guess it's going to gonna be fighting Peter Yan. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think that would, I think that'd be, I think that's the fight to make, <laughs> you know, yeah. think, you know, <laughs> you know, so yeah, uh, I, uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, a couple more, couple more things. Uh, Zabit Magomed Shapirov. We've been wondering what his future is. He's uh he's been the reason he hasn't been fighting was mainly due to health issues. Also, want, he also wants a new contract. But I mean, it's supposed to have been health issues. But his uh, manager Ali uh, Ali Abdelaziz is supposed to meet with Sean Shelby and all them to you know figure out his future. So you know he could be returning and and if he comes back, let's get that Yair Rodriguez fight going because <laughs> because that's the fight to make. And then for that Columbus yeah. show, Columbus show, the first non pay-per-view event to be held in an arena in, in the U.S. since before the pandemic, it lost its main event. Jan Blakovich was injured and is out. And uh, Alexander Rakic, that fight's been pulled. Uh, they're not going to get a replacement for Rakic. They're going to have to find a new, whole new main event for that show. And you're going to kind of want a solid fight considering the circumstances, you know, the, with it being the first non-pay-per-view event, you know, in an arena, in an arena since, you know, 
back in the day, but since before COVID. So, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see there what happens. So uh, looking at your uh, fight announcements and uh, I, one of these fights horrifies me. Um, and it's May 6th, Bellator Paris, Ryan Bader and Chuck Congo. Yeah. Chuck Congo's getting a, a Bellator title shot after all these years. He had that he had that long winning streak, I think, where he'd won like eight in a row, and they had the heavyweight Grand Prix and he wasn't in it. And he was really pissed that he didn't even get invited into the Grand Prix. And uh, and then he had that awful fight, I think against Tim Johnson, um, in uh and and where he clearly lost, but the judges gave him a split decision, I think, or maybe it was like a split decision for Johnson, but Congo won on one of the cards, which was brutal. But he's getting a, a title shot. Like, wow. Well, I hope he wins. Well, I mean, <laughs> him, 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 and Bader fought for the title before, before, you know, and it ended in a no contest when the oh right, the accidental no eye, yeah, yeah, eye yeah. poke from Bader and Congo couldn't couldn't continue. So it it makes sense, you know, in 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 that. But it's awful. And that, I mean, in Congo, I mean, you know. He lost to Tim Johnson, but beat Sergey Karatanov. I mean, I yeah, I I don't, I don't, I I get one to do the rematch because of no contest, but but Bader wanted to fight Fedor in Fedor's retirement fight, and they chose this over that. So, I mean, Bader and Bader. I mean, we all we criticize Bellator's you know decision making a lot on the show, and. They just give you more reasons to criticize it. I just yeah. don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. You know, telling telling Fedor like, no, we're gonna make your retirement fight something else instead of, and you know, you have a chance for Fedor Emelianenko's retirement fight to be for your heavyweight title. You have a chance for the guy yeah. who's who's arguably, you know, who's one of the greatest fighters of all time to end his career as a champion. You take that. You, you, you make that fight. You don't tell him, no, we're giving the title shot to Chet Congo and we're going to do something yeah. else with you. No, I mean, that's just. Yeah, he's going to fight. Idiotic. Like, uh, he's going to fight like Terrell Fortune or something. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> you know? idiotic. Un- unless they're playing. Yeah. Unless they have so much confidence in the world that Bader's going to beat Congo and they go and do that fight later in the year. But if they don't, but honestly, that's the easiest layup, easiest softball you can hand yep. hand to Scott Coker and his matchmakers. And if you're not doing it, it's like, it's like, you know, we, you know, they deserve every, they constantly do things that deserve every criticism that they get. Like what's going on with this, yeah. this cyborg and Kat Zingano fight. They were supposed to fight on March 11th. March 11th and Kat is saying that Cyborg doesn't want a drug test drug test because you know she's been fighting on Indian reservations lately which you know whether or not they drug test <laughs> whether or not they drug test remains to be you know supposedly they do but you never hear anything about Bellator drug testing so you don't know that it's actually happening happening and then Cyborg is is saying that Zagano doesn't want to fight on a certain day and Scott Coker's taking Cyborg's Cyborg's sign and then but Zagano's saying that she she's ready to fight March 11th which is the date you know who knows what's going on there just mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff they do just makes you think like what are you doing <laughs> like what you know this is another yeah. situation all right. Um, so, and the other one that jumps out at me of this list, and you got a lot of them here in your column, Donald Cerrone and Joe Lazon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which have they, they never fought, eh? They've never fought. 
They've never fought. Yeah, that's crazy. Probably got like 100 UFC fights between them. Uh, not quite, but closer to 150. Um, and uh, yeah, like two big long-term veterans. And uh, I don't even know who I'd favor. And I just, you know, I, I like Cerrone with some time is good. You know, like it's been a while since he fought. So, you know, it's April 30th. So, you know, he'll have been off for like six months. Well, he's been he um, fought since May. So it'll be almost a year. Oh, wow. That's got to be like a career record for him. Yeah, he's been filming some movies, though, and TV shows. So he's, oh, been, okay. he's been keeping busy. And I remember after that fight, you know, it's Alex Morono. We were talking about on the show, like, like, you know, you know, they, you know, he was supposedly only going to get one more fight. And they didn't announce this as like his official retirement fight. So who knows? Maybe he's going to fight more than this, more than this. But when me and you were talking, I remember us talking about like, like he really should be fighting other veterans of the sports. And I remember we both name dropped Lozon as a perfect fight for him. You know, you know, guys like Lozon and Jeremy Stevens and Matt Brown, you know, kind of like a, guys like that, you know, he shouldn't be fighting these, these young guys that he's been fighting. Like, you know, even like an Alex Morono, but I mean, you know, you know, not at this stage after all the beatings he's taken yeah, lately. So, so this is kind of a perfect fight for him. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's April 30th. Uh, it'll be a fight night. Uh, probably not the main event, but it'll be uh, it'll be a high profile fight. Probably the one that everyone's looking forward to most when we get to that one. Um, any other fights on this list that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, yeah. We uh, uh, the London show March 19th has a light heavyweight fight. Uh, Nikita Krylov against Paul Craig. That's a that's a interesting yeah. fight. And you also got Nathaniel Wood against Ludwig Sholinian on that show. We talked a lot about Nathaniel Wood. Very very good prospect for uh, you know at, at bantamweight. Uh, UFC 273 on April 9th. You got Dracus Duplace one of our personal favorites on this show, against another one yeah. of our personal favorites on this show, Chris Curtis. So those yeah. Two, so that's a that's that a middleweight. Real, that's a middleweight. It's a really good fight. They uh, they respectfully asked to fight each other on on Twitter. They they said they came to an agreement on a you know late March, early April. They say like they agreed to fight on Twitter, and they said okay, we'll both contact the matchmakers, and then they put that fight together. So <laughs> so I mean you know interesting that Curtis is is staying at middleweight. Because, I mean, he was taking these middleweight fights on short notice, so he didn't have to cut. But now he's, you know, it looks like he's staying at middleweight. I mean, if you if you have success at that weight and you've adjusted to it well, well, you might as well stick yeah. it out. And then, you know, who, you know, if he loses this one, he can easily go back to welterweight. welterweight. I mean, Duplessis is, is very talented and a big middleweight. So I think this is going to be a really yeah. good test for Curtis to see if he's if he can really hang at middleweight. So, uh Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. UFC Fight Night, April 16th. We got a main event. Vicente Luque against Bilal Muhammad. I mean, that's a yeah. That's a big. That's a big fight. So that just lends more credence to the fact that they are actually going to give Leon Edwards a title fight. You know, we keep, we keep saying, yeah. well, you know, Dana says it's a hundred percent, but you know, with Leon Edwards, you never know. You never know. But I mean, this just lends more credence to the fact that you know, there's nobody else for Usman with everybody else being booked except Edwards. So uh, also on that yeah. show, you got Uriah Hall against Andre Muniz. Very interesting middleweight fight. Middleweight fight. So that means that the Uriah Hall Darren Till matchup isn't happening. I don't think Till's ready to quite come back yet after his after his ACL injury. 
April twenty third, UFC Fight Night. Uh, the fight was already announced, but it was moved to the headline spot. Like I mentioned earlier, Jessica and Drudge against Amanda Lemos. I mean, they probably just didn't have anything else for that for that show. And and I mean, I mean, Andrew, I, uh, the two fights you got here, I mean, are as big as that. Like Pedro I mean, and Villanueva, hey, or Bozer and Nascimento. I mean, Andrade is a former champion, and she's fought she's fought a lot of high profile fights. True. And, and uh, Limos is yeah. a, she's moving down the straw weight, and and Limos is one. She's won five in a row. Five in a row has looked good. Has looked good. I mean, coming off that win over Angela Hill, you know, she's it's probably a title eliminator fight to be honest. A straw weight, you know, oh. or, or a fight that where if Limos wins, she could easily fight the the uh, Rosen. Carla winner. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of, you know, when you kind of look at that, I mean, it's not a huge matchup yeah. and it'll probably, it'll probably be an apex show since they're still going to do shows from there. So it's not like it's going to have to sell tickets or anything. So, um, all right. So, uh, yeah, you also got Tyson Pedro and Ike Villanueva and Tanner Bozer and Rodrigo Nascimento and also Sue Mudergy against Manal Cop on that show that's a nice fight that's a nice fight and then uh last one i want to highlight usc fight night may 21st uh chase hooper is back against felipe Colares. Hey, he better win that uh and loopy loopy's fighting she's got like yeah. may 7th wow that's like you, you she could fight like four times between now and then but um as of now that's her next fight um, yeah I'm, I'm sure we'll probably see her before then the way things go yeah uh and yeah just uh if if you're interested in checking out some non-ufc action there's three shows on uh ufc fight pass this week lfa which always good shows on um on friday and uh and then we got two shows on sunday fac 12 and fury fc 56 yeah Uh, so the fac 12 show uh dana white's gonna be there so probably you know they're filming for looking for a fight looking for a fighter looking for a fight and then you know just and and proud and and you know if you're if you're somebody who watches you know contender series like a lot of these guys that are going to be fighting on these shows, these shows are probably people who, you, you know, guys who win, probably people you might see on the contender series coming up this summer, this summer. So, you know, get a little bit of, a little bit of knowledge with them. You know, if you're looking to watch some fights, you know, on Friday or Sunday, you know, if you want more MMA action. There's uh it's funny they've they've actually got it subtitled as FAC12 looking for a fight. Yeah. So that I mean there's no bones about what this show is. Um actually the one of the guys in the main event uh I've I've seen uh TJ Britton. Um I, I you know he's been in Bellator and uh, LFA in the past. So And you got um you got a fight with Ed, Eduardo Dantas and uh Jose Alday on that on that show too. Yeah, that's a big that's a couple, yeah. Jose, uh, Jose Alde is former combate fighter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah long time. And I think he's long been time, on uh, combate. I think and I think he's been on the contender series before too. So, yeah, and uh, of course, Dantes is a longtime vet of Bellator. Um, yeah, mainly Bellator. Um, so yeah, uh, and yeah, it's worth worth checking out. And then yeah. the Alfa shows are always great. Yeah, and the um, and the and the Fury shows they're always here in Texas, you know, Houston, San Antonio area, area. But they get a lot of former UFC guys and a lot of 
guys who go to the contender series and go to the UFC. I mean, they've had Adrian Yanez, Mana Martinez, a bunch of them. Juan Adams is on this card, and so is Anthony Ivey. Oh, some cool. Former UFC, former UFC guys. So, yeah, this is always right. good. I mean, I've seen shows lately with them. They've had, like, uh, what's his, Teruto Ishihara, if you remember him. He's been on oh, a few yeah, of their yeah, shows. Yeah. Like, he's been on a few of their shows lately. A lot of guys who, you know, who have gotten – cut recently for the UFC that's kind of a promotion they they flock to because it's you know it's a promotion they take well, guys fight from pass. yeah and it's on five pass yeah. and it's a promotion they look to reload reload with so you know that's a good destination for them all right cool so yeah lots of uh lots of MMA this this weekend no football so you got all the time in the world to watch it uh or no uh, yeah yeah that's right right we got a week off of football well, before we there's a we pro get, bowl yeah. there's a pro bowl but uh uh, yeah, cares? that's that's mainly safe. For me, I'm a NASCAR fan, so NASCAR is getting started this this upcoming weekend. Yeah, Daytona, right? Well, no, no, they're doing Daytona. They're doing the uh, so they're doing their the, they do an all star race at all star at the yeah. start of the year called the Bush Clash, but they're doing it at the L A yeah. Coliseum this year, which they built. Oh wow! They took the football field off and built a makeshift track in there. It's like. It's like, uh, you know, a quarter mile oval track, oval track. And it's, you got that whole LA Coliseum around it. And just, you know, I'm, I might send you a picture. I'm going to send you a picture that online cool. of, of how it looks, but, yeah. but yeah, it's going to be on Fox on Sunday. So that'll be fun to watch. And then of course we got the, uh, the Bengals and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I'm joking. It's the Rams, even though I thought it was the 49ers. I swear to God, I thought the 49ers won until like, uh, I don't know, like maybe noon today because I put a bet on the the 49ers, but I just, I had the points and then I won my bet and I didn't even bother to check the score. (laughs) But the last time I watched it was like 17-7, you know, with like a couple minutes left in the third quarter. And I thought, oh yeah, you know, the 49ers got this wrapped up and and then I just watched something else. Yeah. Guess they blew it. Interesting. It's an interesting Super Bowl. I like Joe Burrow. Yeah. And as and as a diehard Packers fan, I'm really happy for Matt Stafford making a Super Bowl because mm-hmm. because he he is such a good quarterback, and he played on so many bad teams in Detroit. And yeah, he didn't Lions for yeah. years. Yeah. And he didn't deserve. Um, he he deserved better than that. And my other podcast uh, partner, uh, obviously, uh, Jeff Hawkins is, you know, a big Bengals fan. And uh, he got to go, he got to go to two playoff games, uh, including the one this past weekend. And he's basically like, you know, like he's mortgaging his house to get a Super Bowl ticket, um, you know, and because and, he lives in L.A. and that's where the Super Bowl is. And, you know, when's the next time the Bengals are going to be in the Super Bowl? So uh, he's going. He, he said, you know, whatever, like whatever it takes, he's doing it. Um, so good. Good for him. Uh, I'm happy for for Jeff. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they win. You know, I don't. I don't really have a vested interest either way, but, uh, you know, the Rams winning in LA would be awesome too, right? That could be two years in a row that the home team won a Super Bowl, which I don't know if that's ever happened. (laughs) And it's funny too, because the Rams are technically the way the, the way the games work, the Rams are technically the the, the away team, team, right? Well, the funny thing is, the funny thing is now everybody, all the away teams that come play at SoFi Stadium complain about the the away team's locker room, how it's really bad. And now the Rams have <laughs> to feel that. Get it. The Rams get it. They have to feel what it's like. What it's like. Apparently, it's 
I mean, you'd have to see pictures of it, but apparently it, I mean, there's high school locker rooms that put it to shame. We'll put it to that way. Wow. Well, maybe they'll fix it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the Super Bowl in uh, two weeks and we'll have a UFC to cover. We'll go over next week, probably talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and we'll talk about this week's show. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't do our bets picks anymore, but uh, last time I'm going to say bet, put some money on Sexy Mexi. He's a he's an underdog and live dog on this card so anything you want to add before we wrap this baby up uh, no i'm not giving any betting tips at all at all anymore Fair enough. i'm Fair you enough. know i don't want to lose i i, I don't I'll, want to lose any listeners any money any money i feel guilty you know when feel gu- guilty about it <laughs> we'll uh we'll let you we'll maybe give you some tips if we get any pro wrestling things that you can bet on on uh on this i, could, I guess i could have told people last week uh when we recorded to bet on ronda but i didn't want the odds to get worse um so yeah so we'll wrap this up uh you can you know check out our uh our stuff ryan will have his uh preview up uh, later this week i'll have my ratings column both on fight game media uh you can check out ryan's coverage of um of ufc of last week's ufc and the observer that dropped this past weekend uh, you got some rave reviews for that uh bit you did on uh francis Ngannou. um it's kind of the same stuff we talked about um last week but you um you kind of went into a little bit more detail in your write-up which uh, i appreciate it and uh um yeah and then of course um uh i have the dynamite show on wednesday and uh the grandpa Dez show i got uh an episode i did with jeremy finestone is gonna drop tomorrow and then i'm working on a special guest for my birthday we'll see if it happens i don't want to jinx it by announcing it but uh we'll see if it happens um so ryan uh take us home as you always do all right i hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight uh enjoy the fights this weekend and have a great week later everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.